You are listening to the Love Premium Podcast. Let's make a one-shot, Assassination at the Opera. In our first Let's Make a One-Shot, we generate a story for the topic, Assassination at the Opera. We apply the knowledge from our regular episodes to generate a one-shot. The story comes together with settings, maps, NPCs, hook, and a resolution. We hope you enjoy. We continue the cross-promo we have with various podcasts. Stay tuned for more from Red Dirt D&D later in the episode. If you'd like to participate in the discussion or leave us feedback, you can contact us at levelupyourgamingpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash levelupyourgaming. If you like the content and want to hear more of the show, subscribe and we'll ensure you don't miss an episode. New episodes come out almost every Wednesday. Also, please review, tell a friend about the podcast, or share with your gaming group. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Level for Gaming Podcast. My name is Aaron, and joining me virtually today, I've got Josh. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. Josh came up with a wonderful idea a couple weeks ago, and we're finally going to implement it here. Um, yeah, I think we have gone through all these different topics. We've talked about all these different ways that we can you know, be better storytellers. And one of the things that I noticed, you know, listening back to us was that every time we wanted to really give an example of how these things worked, we made up little stories. Yes. Yes. We did make up little stories. We're sort of coming up with them off the fly. A lot of things about necromancers, you know, we're, 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 we're kind of stale in terms of the, the initial stuff off the top of our head. But what Josh said is, Hey, why don't we come up with our own little one shots or sort of show and apply how we would do things uh, that we do in the podcast and actually put them into practical use here um, in front of you when in this episode. So Josh said, Hey, let's do some, let's make a one shots. And, uh, if you're wondering what that acronym stands for, uh, LMAOs. So if you're laughing, uh, you know, I think we did our job. Then we've done our jobs. Yes. <laughs> no, I thought it would be fun to, uh, sit down and sort of live put together some simple one shots, some, uh, short stories that sort of utilize some of the techniques and ideas that we have presented but in the end you'd have uh you'd have something that you could actually play you could insert into it a game uh and i wasn't particularly thinking about uh genre but you know they could fit in different genres you could you know just adjustments to make it fit into different types of games and i really didn't want to um, you know, make it specific to any uh, certain system. So, you know, coming up with uh, actual stat cards for characters and stuff like that, maybe, but mostly it's just planning it out, getting your story, getting your beats. It's the, and... it's a template for a story that we're, we're going to give yeah. you here. We're going to talk about, you know, you know, rising actions, falling actions, conclusions, you know, twists, you know, puzzles, th- different things like that, that we would kind of put into this game overall and uh josh kate was so kind to come up with a great list of random stuff most of it are based on movie titles um <laughs> and or book <laughs> titles and so he just sort of uh he sort of changed a couple of things here but our first topic is going to be or our first one shot that we're going to discuss is assassination at the opera 
Yeah. So uh, this was the one that popped in my head. This is the the first line that popped in my head when I was coming up with this. Um, I think it's a good idea when we're going to start these things is to come up with just, just, you know, a couple of words just for image. And then what we're going to do is we're going to start breaking it down and developing it. And I've got a little formula that I'd like to try and follow when I'm making one shots. And I'd like to try that now. So the first part of this, we've got the idea assassination at the opera. Now I've got ideas on what that means to me. What does that mean to you, Aaron? All right. So, yeah, so this is my elevator pitch. I've got two of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the first one would be during the popular play. You can come up with the name of it. People are being murdered every week. This play is now referred to as assassination at the opera. So that's very like meta fourth wall sort of stuff right there. The other one I've got is during the opening night at a new play, you insert the name, some important person's son is assassinated and you are called to investigate or you are part of the people watching the opening night of the show and now you are locked down, thus calling to action to investigate. I like those. I do. Um, the one that popped into my head was and this could go either direction uh was that there is a premiere of a brand new opera and before the premiere a secret society of assassins has sent out a notification saying that uh, in order to join our association we are calling upon people to assassinate a particular person who will be attending this opera. It is, you know, unique in the fact that this person does not show themselves in the public and they give like maybe a lot, uh, a couple of items, uh, clues as to who the person is. And then it is up to the party, up to your players to decide whether or not they want to assassinate this person or prevent this person from being assassinated. Either way, they have to infiltrate they have to deduce, and then they have to uh, enact. That's a very interesting. I like I like the the thought process around that one, which is more of you know you can go more of the skullduggery sort of like CD kind of underbelly route if you want to be more unscrupulous characters, or you have more of an option to be like uh, you know a la like John Wick, like defending people. <laughs> Yeah. in like this really kind of uh you know fun romp through an opera house so it, that both could be very interesting uh concepts there it's interesting to again this what you're going to find is as we go through this you're going to find a lot of uh diversity in terms of the thought back and forth here because most of mine are probably going to come from a, an, an air of like uh or I, I just thinking about the title here just an air of like how you're kind of like called in to investigate it um or like you know more from like a hero's side of thing but yours is more open-ended which i like okay well i i think um i don't want to just go with with one of our options um it could even be a little bit of combination where uh you know so there are people being murdered at different operas and maybe word gets out that this is a uh 
um, uh, recruitment, you know, and you get, so your, your party gets to decide at that point. So you get, you get the both where this is happening. We know that, you know, these things are happening at these operas and it almost becomes a point of pride for the elite to come and show up at these things and survive. Okay. So you get sort of your people with their badge of honor there and Mm -hmm. and all that. Okay. Um, no, I like, uh, I like that. Let's go ahead and let's use that as our, our hook to kind of go with here. Uh, okay. So it's going to be, uh, an assassination recruitment, uh, a recruitment into the assassination club to take somebody out, uh, a specific person. I, I like the concept of it being a specific person and you're only given clues as to who it could be. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause obviously in this scenario here, you're working with, uh, with people who are probably, uh, not wanting you to just jump into their secret society without sort of figuring it out. So I, I like the idea that, um, you know, you aren't, you are described the target, um, without being given a name. So it's sort of, you, you, you know, not only do you have to sort of figure out who would be the, the, the target itself, um, but you know, who, who isn't the target, who are the assassins? You know, there, there's a lot of things to figure out there. We could talk about that in terms of like the puzzle and the mystery later on with it as well. So um, I'll move on to the genre and setting. I think this is pretty mm-hmm. genre agnostic. Um, in my opinion, uh, the setting, I would actually fairly, I'd pretty much isolate this to the opera house, skip a lot of the pretext and say, uh, the intro is what I give you in the intro. And then you are now at the opera house in suit. So you're just, you're already there. Um, and again, this could work in any system really this is very agnostic to time period so you could do it in a modern opera house you could do it in um a futuristic opera house you know something in from D. it's it's very agnostic in terms of that uh the way that it works out um and again your characters are, are you either going to play the role of the assassins or play the role of heroes in this regard um you you kind of get to choose uh there, there, there's some hand waving that you can do by putting them in the opera house, which is you avoid the the conundrum of how do they get their weapons in or how do they get in their equipment and whatnot. Like they already figured that out. Okay, don't put that on your players. It's a one shot. Okay, so I like the idea of just getting them right in the opera house. Uh, seating's in like thirty minutes. They're having a cocktail before or whatever. And so- yeah, you've got the the main group of people. It's even before people are led to their seats. You've got a big party, a congregation going out into the main lobby area, and so it's at this point. It's the beginning. You know, they would get to you know make their inquiries and talk, and then you know you'd have sort of a uh, uh, a starting point. My original thought on this was. And I think you're absolutely right about just letting them have their weapons or whatever. They've already figured out how to get them in. Uh, my thought was that uh, the weapons were not allowed, but as soon as you get in there, uh, everybody's in costume and you go to the vendor and you show them the badge from the Assassination Guild and they provide you with a specific weapon so they can vet 
who the person was that killed the uh the victim but that's that is way too complicated again that, that's almost as meta as as people <laughs> deeming the play assassination at the opera i mean like yeah. that's 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 very kind of i mean you could do that i'm not saying you couldn't do that but that's it's sort of very league of shadowy sort of thing i mean like you're you're gonna have some way to to, to vet the token you should have that in your in your hook as well or in your in your introduction which is like the way that you're going to like declare victory in terms of assassination is that you're going to uh that this person will have like a marker on them of some sort and we can talk about that later as we get into you know to what what you're going to be looking for at the end of that but um now this is this is going to be a, a sort of a tricky thing because in this case you're talking about an opera so operas have a couple hundred people who come see the opera so npcs is a very very touchy thing to do here because mm-hmm. this is where you kind of get into the the fact that there are so many people the anything that you anybody you name as an npc probably becomes more important than anybody else that shows up there so you have a bunch of uh, back channels so you might think of that as a good or a bad thing but the good thing about naming npcs is you are narrowing the scope for your players without taking away their agency or fun so you want to name some people. So obviously the, the it let's let's presume that you're kind of hobnobbing at the beginning here. Your players are going to look around the room and be looking for specific people and so you might want to call them out. So you might want to call out other opera goers that maybe sh- are showing some status. Uh you'll probably want to name your bartender uh or whoever's serving drinks. Um and or any other like important wait staff that they might be interacting with. Um, you will definitely want to probably name the purveyor of the opera house. Um, that would be an NPC that I could very easily see players talking to. Um, you would probably want to have, uh, you'd probably want to have also, because as the players are going to go deeper into this, uh, the actors and, uh, you know, or some of the main actors in the play, uh, and again, any like VIPs that are showing up that night, because those are the, probably going to be the targets of the assassination. And mm-hmm. so you want to be able to help your players identify who they should be looking at. Okay. It'd be really weird if you went to this assassination of the opera, it'd be very, it wouldn't be impossible to do this, but it'd be very weird and hard to say, okay, the, the target is this guy who's sitting in row 13, like you know seat b okay because that could be anybody at the opera and so you don't want people you know looking there you want to give your players some way to do that and with the vips you can start asking questions and this is where i say you don't need to name everybody there you might be able to ask any sort of passerby or about vips this is where i sort of like the idea of having like a name bag to be able to make generic people on the fly if somebody needs to talk to someone and be able to give them a really quick personality and they're they're going to ask questions about the VIPs or whatnot. But the big NPCs, those are the ones I would probably focus on. Yeah. My thought on this was absolutely, you know, one of the VIPs is the victim. And um, one of the ways I was planning on putting that in there is that in that initial letter and in, in that initial uh notification that your players get before the game even starts saying that you know there will be somebody at the opera 
uh, who we want you to assassin, or assassinate. Uh, and they will be sitting in their box seat. And so you've got like, you know, a limited number of box seats. And so that limits it to those people. And all the box seats are filled. All like say there's four box seats, two on either side of the stage. And you can then, uh, you don't know who's going to be in the box seats until you get to the opera, start asking around. And some of the other clues in the letter might be, you know, they will be uh, stage left or they haven't shown up for a play in five years or, um, you know, they, uh, they're a blight unto the city and, you know, something, something um, we can work that out, but you want to have some specifics that asking the right questions will start to provide clues as to who it is. And I don't think um, that the clues uh, should all be answered in that first part, um, but we'll get to that. I think that it should at least narrow it down so that you've got, you know, choices. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, but I, I do think you're right about, you know, naming a bartender, naming, uh, you know, an actor or an actress that leads the thing because, um, but I, I think you go further and because there would be other assassins, would be assassins uh, at the opera house coming up with a couple of assassins that you might run into maybe one or two not a lot um you know you have rival assassins so the way the way i would actually do it is if you were trying to um be sort of working to get into a league of shadows or prevent the assassination from this like league of shadows um is I would present the players with sort of, uh, you could talk about this in, in the handout section. Um, I would present the players with a, uh, a description of certain assassins and their techniques. And then what you can then do is as the players are hobnobbing, you can introduce them to them undercover and see if the players can put two and two together. Um, oh, so clues upon clues. Clues upon clues. So yeah, you're trying to you, you're, and again, th this is like a scary thing to do, but like you're effectively giving your players answers right at the start. Um, but if they don't pick up on the fact that they are the assassins, then you know it it, it comes out really cool later on when they discover that they're the assassins. So, you know, you you know that, oh, these are the assassins that will probably be trying to get to these people. Like, like you have a, a list of people. And you want to give people who aren't going to be there as well. You want them to look at everybody like they can be the assassin. Uh, <laughs> but... Which is why, you know, your, your VIPs should have um, some distinguishing traits. Your assassins should have some distinguishing traits. But... You might want to also share some of those distinguishing traits with, uh, you know, people that aren't necessarily the assassins or the VIPs, just random people. Absolutely, with your bag of names, you know, your 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 hat of personalities, uh, where you can just pull things out. Uh, come up with some. Put them on a list. Don't like, don't roll for a character in front of your people and in, in front of your your uh, you know your players during the game because that'll sort of give it away but you know have some things together 
Yeah, so what I would probably say is, is you know, they're probably going to talk to a couple of these assassins if they start looking for said assassin. For example, you probably, I pick out like three or four people that it could be in the crowd and then sort of let them talk to these people and then put, put them together. So for every assassin, you want to have probably two other NPCs that they would likely like, I'd say fairly named NPCs or thought out NPCs that they would likely talk to in trying to like weed out who the assassins are. So again, you've you've like you've got the the, the puzzle of which VIP is it going to be that's going to get murdered and who are my murderers. So, you know, these are these are the people there and so it's sort of a, a who done it of that kind of combination. So, um in the I think that that, that covers our NPCs. Do you have any other NPCs you think I think that if we're talking about a one shot you know, it's, it's just supposed to be something that you're able to get to in a night or two. Uh, any more than this is going to start getting crazy. We've got our, our four VIPs. We've got our two assassins undercover. We've got a bartender. We've got a opera house purveyor, a lead actor or actress, and then uh, just sort of a, a general peanut gallery of uh, visitors to the opera, right? And this will give us, you know, some specifics, a couple of name people, and options. Yeah. And with your two assassins being undercover, we can, you know, create some personalities for them and and populate that in your introductory letter, you know, that that flavor text that you're going to start out the mission with. And um, so then it's it's just a matter of uh, limiting it to that because once you start adding more, then you're going to start, your players are going to start going down rabbit holes and we want to start moving this along. Yeah. Again, this is very direct. Those are like the absolute minimum NPCs you'd want. Again, the only thing I would probably do is add some cover for the assassins. So probably add like four more named NPCs that were, were people that you would, I'd say four to six named NPCs that, that you would be um, mixing in as people who could potentially be the assassins that people would mm -hmm. likely you know interact with and talk to but otherwise you've you sort of given people all the names that you need to give them at that point and then you know your players might do more they might hobnob with other people and you know whatever it might be those are the random names that you're going to start throwing out there um and don't be bashful if they decide to only stick to like non-name people to then just kind of pivot and turn those into the randos that are the the cover for the assassin um you know your npcs and their knowledge is fungible okay the players don't know where it's coming from and your job is to make sure the game moves along so um plot pieces here um okay. i already sorry I, I go ahead well i i wanted to specify um in any sort of story you want to have you know introduction you can have your rising action you've got a midpoint where something happens you got falling action and you've got a conclusion and i wanted to build this sort of in that genre um i've noticed there's a lot of different ways that people talk about dungeons or dungeon creation and i like the five room dungeon i've seen seven room dungeon i've seen like you know the 20 steps to a dungeon or blah 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 but i think the five room dungeon design works really well for creating a one shot and so the five steps that I'd like to cover 
uh, an introduction, a puzzle, which doesn't necessarily mean puzzle. It can also be um, a, a blocker. Uh, and that you go into a setback, and that's your midpoint. You've got your climax, and then you've got your resolution, the resolution being the reward that happens at the end. Um, and so we've already really started talking about the introduction. You know, your players are given the information, they show up at the opera, and they have to, you know, spend that first chunk of time investigating. Okay, it's it's a little bit of uh, hobnobbing, talking to people. They have to make the decision, obviously, whether or not they want to attempt the assassination or attempt to stop it. And uh, that leads directly into that second part, the puzzle, where they've got to gather clues. And it may not be, you know, limited to just talking to people. Talking to people might narrow it down, but then there might be additional information. Maybe they need to, uh, you know, break into the opera's back rooms or the offices or, you know, backstage to, to pull some information or to check line of sights. We take a break now to hear a word from Red Dirt D&D. Attention all Dungeons & Dragons fans. KOSU has the podcast for you. Red Dirt D&D brings you the world's greatest role-playing game along with music and sound effects like a classic radio show. New shows drop every Wednesday, are totally free, and short enough to fit into your daily commute or working out at the gym. Red Dirt D&D can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as KOSU.org, or listen wherever you get your podcasts. We now return to the conversation on Level Up Your Gaming Podcast. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, again, there's multiple ways to crack and to, to break this egg or bake this pie or however you want to say it. Um, basically, what you need to do here is, if you're going to view the puzzle part of this, is how are you going to put the pieces together? How are you going to form the information? How are you going to get to the? How are you going to get to your answer? So, your um, your puzzle here is going to fall into like one. Basically, what are, what are your characters? Um, you know, strengths and weaknesses. So, are you starting this game with uh, existing characters, and this is a you're building this into a one shot? If that's the case. Um, we need to come up with puzzles that are going to be suited to your players. So for example, Josh talked about, uh, you know, breaking into something um, to find information. So that could be one way that you do it, or you could be talking with different people to find information, or you could be um, searching different people to find information, trailing people to find information. Um, I'm being sort of intentionally vague with a lot of these because it's, you really do want to narrow it. You want to tailor it to the people that are playing. You want to tailor it to your party because you want to provide each of them, each of your players, or, you know, it's a one shot. So we're not going to get like everybody's going to get their moment to shine, but you want to give some players a moment to shine uh, where they can utilize the skills that their character has and, you know, really do something interesting. 
if you're playing a cyberpunk game, you might have a net run. If you're playing a uh, Call of Cthulhu game, you might have a, a, an investigation sort of thing. If you're playing D&D, it might be, you know, there's uh, magical trails on something and somebody that's got detect magic might be able to see the different magical trails to sort of track down what's going on. Um, tailor it to the genre, tailor it to your party. I think that would be a great way to give it uh, a lot of life and provide your players with the opportunity to utilize their skill set uh, specific to the characters, but also to the, your players. Yeah, again, so I mean, the puzzle here would be, um, you know, like Josh, breaking into something to, to get information, talking to people, trailing people, examining people, determining the layout of the building, looking for hidden weapons, traps, etc. cetera, uh, you know, things like that. Um, you know, the reason why you might be looking for that is that maybe the assassin hid their weapon. You know, you're carrying yours, but, you know, maybe they were clever enough to hide theirs. So, <laughs> um, Or a backup weapon. Or backup no. weapon. Also, the puzzle is figuring out who the VIP is and who the assassins are. So, um, you know, that, that's that's a major part of this. Um, and again, you know, also, when if you have assassins, when are they going to... So let's say you've discovered who the VIP is. You're also then going to either come up with a plot to kill them or you're going to come up with uh, try to determine when people are going to try to kill them so you can intervene at the right moments or act at the right moments. So that's part of the puzzle that you're kind of kind of working through. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, um, when the assassination should take place should be spelled out in the in that introductory letter in the uh, uh, the in invitation to the guild. And so I think that really might tie really nicely into the setback. And um, I had an idea about a setback. I, you know, let, let's spitball this, but I thought that it would be a nice thing to have where the players or the assassins are supposed to strike uh, during a particular scene because there's going to be a chorus and things going on. And uh, there's an announcement at the intermission that the chorus is being replaced by like the local orphans children chorus. And so you, you know, you want to introduce like just this level of crazy at that point. So now the players really have, you know, that second thing, like, uh, if we need to do this, we need to do this, you know, and we, we, it's going to be a bigger scene. It's going to be a bigger problem. Um, and part of the reason they were going to have the original chorus is because of, you know, those people are very loud and the children's chorus is not as loud. So now you're going to have to worry about, uh, being caught or something's going to happen. And, you know, maybe it's, uh, creating a time variable. Yeah, so I mean, I like that idea of, of having something that that adds a time constraint to it. So something I just thought of while you were you were talking about that is um, maybe in your introduction piece, as you're sort of working through gathering the information, you discover that uh, one of the VIPs 
their wife or son or whoever they came with um, is is uh, feeling ill. And so they might leave at intermission. Um, and so, you know, you might be giving away that that's the person at that point, but also it sort of puts a, a time constraint on this, which is I need to now figure out who this is by intermission because I might lose the person I'm supposed to take care of. You know, you're, you're trying, you, and you are likely going to be wandering around during the play. So you've got this, mm-hmm. this very intense time constraint on there because, you know, you're, you're talking about like an hour. So you're the, the whole space of this game is taking place within an hour and a half at that point to try to figure out who is who or what's happening or whatnot. And, you know, you might have instructions. You need to, you know, like Josh said, you, you know, you need to execute the person by this point in the play or whatever the, the that is. So, um, again, that that is a setback. Putting time in front of somebody is is a great setback. Um, I didn't have another good one uh, because we, we kind of changed the directions and sort of the ones that I I had. Um, you could have it be that there uh, one of the setbacks could also be, and this could be applicable here, is that somebody attempted the assassination and failed. Okay. Mm. And so now people know that the assassins are there and they're on high alert. They're on guard. They're on yes. guard. So you no, so, actually that sounds great uh, because of my idea for a climax too. So it 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 it, it 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 opens up the opportunity. One of the things I wasn't thinking about was, you know, like, oh, there aren't gonna be many fights here, but that would open the opportunity to a lot more fights. Because somebody mm-hmm. took their shot missed, and now it's like, oh geez, like <laughs> you know, or now? I mean it doesn't even need to be like um, it could be very well you know you're calling out this is the guy that we're trying to that this assassin has figured out even if your party hasn't you know because the assassin is going after this person you're like oh they figured it out um, it's that guy we need to kill that guy but you need to then your party needs to stand up and defend that person so that they can get the kill um, but they can't be caught doing it. And you like, I, I think a big part of this whole thing is that uh, no matter what happens during the opera, the assassination has to take place and the opera cannot stop happening. This cannot stop the opera. Yes. So yeah, that, 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 that's really true. And I mean, I would probably end up using the setback ultimately to try and like, if you're going to use the idea of like a failed, murder as the setback versus uh, the time constraint it's to drive your players both setbacks are designed to drive your players to act like you better mm-hmm. get moving because people have figured this out where you have instead failed um, and I, it's not, it's, again it's because it's a one shot that you can sort of do this you've given the players the opportunity to figure out the, the mystery they maybe have at that point but they haven't figured out when they want to act upon it or they haven't formulated a plan yet so now you're sort of driving them like well other people have figured it out too um (laughs) yeah uh so yeah other people have figured it out uh assassination attempt happens um and your players have to they have to uh defend it whether or not they're planning on assassinating the person or not it is now imperative and that would be great for like you know intermission because it happens when the opera 
isn't currently happening. Uh, and so it also gives the opportunity for the victim to get away and then come back for the second half with guards. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that that... that I, I like the failed assassination attempt uh, as well. Uh, or, you know, again, it also puts a time constraint on it. The time constraint is probably already put on it by uh, the letter uh, at the beginning, but this continues to put that that time constraint on it, which is you must act now. Um, and so then that brings us to kind of our climax. You know, you are either going to assassinate or you're going to defend. So uh, let's say you, Josh, what would you do? <laughs> um, I would have the same conclusion either way. Uh, because, and this is, this is the other thing that drove my mind when I was coming up with this idea and coming up with the, 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 the title, the hook that started this whole thing was uh, Final Fantasy VI, better known in the United States as Final Fantasy III. There is a scene in the first half of the game where uh, one of your party members looks like the prima donna and there has been a veiled threat to kidnap that person. So she goes undercover as the prima donna of the opera and during the opera, the rest of your party wanders around trying to find out who's going to do it. Because I thought, that's great. But the climax of the whole thing is that the uh, the the bad guy and your party all fall onto stage during the climatic point of the opera. And in order to keep it going, they have to play act their fight. Okay, I don't love that one as much. <laughs> I've done it before. It depends on how campy you want the the one shot yes. to go, because like that's that's very like hokey and campy. So like it's good, oh, it's so I mean, much fun. But it, you have to have the right people to do it. Yes, you absolutely. This, do. this is a very much KYP sort of thing. So like I would give you that as an option, which would lead the climax to uh, end up on stage, and then now your players are sort of playing in the play itself mm -hmm. and yeah. in order to make it um you know stylistically fun uh i would have given your players in a handout if you wanted to make this a thing as sort of a foreshadow a detailed description on sort of how this play is supposed to unfold so <laughs> so you sort of have to come with a, a generic play thing and actually what i would do is I, so uh friend of mine ran a seventh C game and he did this very thing except for instead of us falling onto stage for it uh we ended up somehow like crippling his actors on accident and then uh so he needed new leads for the play and we just happened to be like almost perfect stand-ins for the lead. yeah well, <laughs> and so he, he that could be that could be part of the story like if you wanted to do that that lead actor or actress that you you interacted with earlier might be the failed assassination attempt yeah I, I mean, they, or they could have been the ones who got in the way and then now they're they yeah. are assassin and then but, but the show must go on sort of the thing. show must go on and uh and then you know that that leads to this whole second part and that could very much be but that's 
you're absolutely right. That is definitely a KYP. That is definitely a, um, you know, you have to play the whole story to meet your players. It has to, you know, they have to feel comfortable in doing that because if you're going to get some people that are there, uh, you know, they're they're shadow people. They 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 run around. They do investigation. They they like their fights, but you don't have bards. You don't have you know big showy people in your group. They might not be all that interested in you know singing opera at your table. Again, I wouldn't even have them sing opera, but I would have them deliver lines. No, no, they, like, they would have to sing opera. They have to sing, have to sing all of their lines. Got it. Okay. Uh, then in that case, that's not the right climax for this game. <laughs> but okay, so I'll give you that as an option. You could do that one as an option, which is we're going to let you play uh, the the actors at this point. Like you've happened to fall on stage or you came out of stage, left as you chased the guy on the stage, and now you're trying to, to keep the play alive and keep everything together. Um, but you know the the other way that you could do it and again th- like you're prefacing that by giving your players the play the other thing um yeah, when i thought about the climax was just putting you know the climax up in the uh the booth where the the, the person was and that's where you are a very tight quartered fight that you can't make too much noise cuz you don't want to draw yourself attention again the show must go on mm-hmm. this is an assassination you would never be well, and i think if you're going to do that, it still would be beneficial that, you know, you're saying the show must go on. You can't interrupt the play. And so in that introductory note, they would say something like during the final act of the play, there is a scene with, you know, a simulated gunfire and uh, it happens as beats to the music. Right. Like think 1812 Overture cannons or whatnot as part of the final salvo of the opera as the the forces of fredonia are attacking sylvania um and so that's the point during the play when the assassination would be best taken place you know the other assassin tried to do it during the midpoint of the play to avoid that and to sort of get the drop on any other assassins um but you know you've got a small VIP fight, a VIP box fight, and they may have to time their attacks to match up with the cannon fire to hide the attacks. So you've got you know an environmental thing going on, you've got a small area thing going on, and it's you know it, you can have you know, music swelling in the background, cannons being fired, and whether you're defending or attacking this VIP, that is up to you. Uh, either way, it should be a, a decent fight. Yeah, no, the fight has to be a good fight. A- any fight needs to be um, be one worth, uh, again, in a one shot, it's really hard to, to get stakes. So, because it could be that you're dealing with just, you know, provided characters or whatever, and it's just hard to have stakes there. Um, I would say, you know, try and make it lethal. Try and make it threatening. Um, and also, like I said, the show must go on. If, uh, you know, they, you don't want to be caught and figured out because should you disrupt the show, then certainly one of your resolutions would be you're caught you know, at the end of it. 
you, you, you yeah. don't get away with it or you don't you don't protect the guy or you know whatever it might be um you know because whether or not you even even if your players decide to ultimately end up defending the guy you can just say well you, when you get caught at the end of it you have the letter <laughs> and the other assassin like you're you're now blamed for all the assassinations yeah yeah so i mean like you 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 it's sort of that that resolution of, of you you can't get caught at the end of it and there's a little bit of gm hand waving so as long as the players are are playing within the scope of you can't be caught then you sort of let a lot of things slide but if you're you know player you're playing this in D land you got the mage who's throwing fireballs on stage that would be a problem that would be a problem i mean if they're timing it with the cannon fire maybe it just thinks that's really cool special effects but like you're gonna have to really work at that yeah I agree. Um, and so then the fight is over. We're going to assume your players played along. The show must go on. Uh, there's two resolutions, obviously, based... Sorry, I guess there's there's three resolutions. So you get caught. The okay, bad resolution. The bad resolution. That's your, that's your lose scenario. You get caught. Um, the other resolution that you could have that's a bad one, that would be a failure, is you don't assassinate the person um well i'd like to think that if you if your party fails to assassinate them that uh or if you get caught either way you watch one of the other assassins as you're being dragged away just slit the guy's throat like just step 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 i think either way you know either way you fail at the end and somebody somebody takes the credit for it okay so so you, you're you're sort of combining the two the two failure scenarios um okay, so then uh, the successful one is that obviously you achieve the goal you you assassinate the person and or you you defend the person um so uh you know both of those you should have two you should two simple endings written up for them. One in the event that you assassinate the person, one in the event that you uh, you protect the person, and then, you know... Oh, I think the... Like, if you choose to assassinate, you've got the invite. Now your party can join the Assassin's Guild, and they get assassination jobs, or, you know, get to work in that dark part of society. Yeah, I mean, again, oh. that 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 is if you want to take this beyond the this scope of the game. So yes, there is the both of those have continuations associated. Mm-hmm. Well, and the defend also works in the same way. Is that this is a person worth assassinating? Ergo, they're also somebody worth knowing. They may have, you know, contacts or associations and jobs for the party. And just because uh, assassinate somebody sounds like a bad thing, this could be a bad person. And the Assassin's Guild might be, you know, uh, like a Ra's al Ghul thing where they're trying to save the city. Uh, you're part, you, you play it. You, you, you figure out how that's going to happen. And defending the person could be like, this man is the devil, and now you, uh, he owes you. 
and is going to make sure that he doesn't owe you, you know, so that could be a big problem as well. Either way, when I think of one shots, when I, you know, play one shots, when I work with one shots, I always like to leave the ending, uh, unless I kill the entire party, open to the possibility of going on, to, to going to another story. If your players liked the setting, then there's opportunity. Um, but it's also nice to have one shots like this that you could drop into an existing campaign. You know, this is a separation from your actual story and you could drop this into an existing campaign as sort of like a, a partway point, you know, something to do and uh, tie it into, you know, whatever campaign you've got. Maybe some NPCs that the party has already met up with uh, are hobnobbing in the introduction. Uh, maybe the person they're coming to defend or assassinate is somebody important to the story, and they've got to decide whether you know how that's going to proceed. Again, you got other options too. Maybe now that you've prevented the assassination, maybe your guy gets away, and now you've got an assassin enemy who's always sort of hunting you. There's a couple ways you could play it there at the end, but yeah, I like the idea of there is an idea of keeping it a little open ended, especially if you have two assassins. One of them getting away and you thwarting the ability for them to take care of their business, um, it would, would definitely stick in their car. Maybe you've uh, wronged the Assassin's Guild who, who gave you the opportunity for the invite, and now they're going to have people coming after you. Different ways that you can take it to, uh, to a longer continuation of the game. Again, that's for you to decide if you want to create more game around the end of this but yeah i agree leave it open-ended to the point that you could do more with it uh when you're all said and done um the last little bit that you had on this as we sort of come to the uh to the end of the episode is was a review is a review of it so I, I think what you had in there originally was do you need any things like maps handouts we talked about the handouts that we would probably mm -hmm. give out originally um but in terms of maps because it's such a contained area, I would actually do like a floor plan of an opera house. Um, uh, you don't need to, but it is nice as your players are going to be moving around within the opera house for the entirety of the game. So understanding where other players are, being able to visually see where NPCs are, see when they disappear from view. Um, you know, those are things that are... Um, they're sort of indispensable in a lot of ways is that you can uh, say like you notice somebody get up, like one of the people you talk to get up and, and leave, you know, before intermission or, you know, whatever that might be. And that, that helps you give clues as to who people are. Being able to see where people are moving is incredibly invaluable. So I think the, the map of the opera house is great. You don't have to populate it with 200 NPCs, but uh just being able to, to visual, just being able to articulated miniatures. Yes, just being able to visualize where things are in the opera house uh, would be would be very useful. Um, other than that, there's no other maps you need for this game. It'd be pointless no. to make other maps. Yeah, I think. Um, well, you could. What you could do is you could make uh, like a, a general layout of the opera house, not to scale, and then maybe you'd have. Uh, a small hallway area that would be to scale for the failed assassination attempt and maybe a two scale 
um, box seat. And, you know, those would be just like single sheets of paper. I mean, because they are small areas and, you know, like here's the fight. Uh, but then you've got the, the opera house layout so that you can like move things around without having to be, you would technically need the stage as well if you're going to go the stage route. So, okay. Well, and that would be a big thing. And then you'd also have to, you know, make sure you've got everybody, their lines and your players need to be in costume. <laughs> this is a full dress rehearsal, but Anyways, so yeah, you could you could do it that way, which is a more uh, rudimentary map of the, the opera house with uh, points of interest being the detailed maps. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, if I go that route, I would say just do the rudimentary map of the opera house so people can understand where things might be. And then if players need more detail, that's when you bring out the bigger map and you should be able to you should be able to sort of animate the opera house at that point. So that's if you want to go a little less heavy on the the map creation. As well. Yeah. Uh, and then for NPCs, um, in terms of characters that are going to need actual, you know, character sheets or, I don't know, NPC boxes, um, you're going to need your, your two assassins. Technically, you should only really need one because you're, well, you'll need two if you're going to defend. You're going to need one if you're going to attack and uh, if you're going to attack then you're going to need the VIP and uh, a couple of guards you know after the assassination attempt he's going to beef up his guards and so you're going to have to fight your way through the guards and then take him out as that final climax or you're going to have to you know uh, defend him from the assassin in that last bit and you know maybe uh the guards don't know which way to go and you've got to sort of get them to go one way or the other and you might get into a tussle with the guards anyways like you might Mm -hmm. there might be a situation where you are defending but you get into a tussle with the guards because the guards are on high alert so i mean keep that in mind that that could be an encounter that you have it all depends on how your players approach things. Again, you know, are they smooth talkers or are they more bruisers who just kind of will force their way in? So, yeah. so handout, absolutely. We need to have the the initial letter, and we should probably have just uh, some description of the opera. Not really, you know, too complicated, but explain how it's set up. Um, map of the opera house maybe of the the places where there would be encounters um and that would be nice but you know not necessarily uh, required and npcs that need actual character sheets are going to be you know the assassins the vip and the guards yep other than that you have yourself a, a full story that could easily be done in a night or you know two if you want to really lay into the intrigue I think that this is definitely something that could be executed within a, a four-hour session very mm-hmm. easily. Um, and again, because of how time works and how time constraints work, you should be able to do it uh, fairly easily. Um, and uh, save your big encounter for the fight with the assassin. If you do the encounter with the guards, make it something less, unless that's like that is your big encounter. Like mm-hmm. again, you choose where your big encounter is going to come from. But I, I think this is a great little uh, 
little bit and piece here. We'll we'll put the rest of the notes on this uh, this little Google sheet we have here, and maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll make this a shareable thing somewhere down the line. So, uh, otherwise, you have this podcast to refer to for assassination at the opera for all eternity. Save it to your phone. Save it to your computer. Listen to it repeatedly. Um, is there anything else you want to add to this, Josh? No, um, I actually had quite a bit of fun putting this thing together. Yeah, I liked it too. It was interesting to see how how your uh, your process is as well in terms of actually doing a game. We know we talk about the uh, the philosophy behind it and like how you would design stuff, but it is. I think it's nice to see um, how two different people. This is actually goes back to our co writing GM sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so a little, a little homage to that. Um, but no, uh, let us know about your thoughts on uh, the episode format. If you liked it, uh, you know, if you thought this was worthwhile, um, and uh, let us know. Level Up Your Gaming Podcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash gaming. Also, the podcast is on YouTube, so smash the like button there. Uh, otherwise, get it at your favorite podcast site, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We're literally on all of them. Uh, review it, recommend it to a friend, all those good things, and that'll wrap us up for the week. So. For Josh, I'm Aaron. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.